Hi, I'm Keith Allen, and I play Murphy on Z Nation, and I listen to One Up Gaming Podcast. Legendary adversary flows considerably though. I'm a super saiyan, I got dragon balls, I wouldn't lie You might think I'm playing when I'm saying I can really fly When I'm on the track, you feel the energy I'm pushing out Put me on the map, one up game is who I'm talking about I'm the rapping master chief, epic to say the least Contain the hero, better etch that in your memory And so the one up Gaming for the show, I'll contain the hero is really gonna show up. David here, One Up Gaming. Welcome to the One Up Game Podcast, episode 364, with your host, me, idiot boy, David. Um, yeah, it's been a stressful few days, been at work a hell of a lot of time, and when you do get off a day, you end up just sitting on the sofa doing nothing apart from playing on the little Anbenek RG35XX with a load of PlayStation ROMs. I say a lord, I've picked two games to play on the PlayStation and I'm playing Player Manager 99, I think it is, 2000, no, 1999, no, no, sorry, Player Manager 2000, yeah, I'm getting up in the world and it's amazing, it's an easy, basic sort of management game, it's really basic, it's funny though, I love that where it's easy to sign plays, easy to win matches, things like that. I don't play games to have a challenge, because if I did, I'd play Champ Manager, sorry. I was thinking back in like 96, 97. I'd be playing games like Football Manager, which is amazing in its own right, but I don't have the time to sit there and go through each individual tactics and strategies and things, individual training regimes, things like that. I just like a simple pick up and play game and that's amazing. I will also like to say that the other game I'm playing is, I think it was Rage Racer. I'm playing that one. And the other couple of games are SimCity for the Super Nintendo. uh, Rock and Roll Racing for the Super Nintendo. Cannon Fodder for the Mega Drive. And Megalomania for the Mega Drive. I think that's about the games I'm doing at the minute. I in, I love these old games. It's what I feel warm and snuggly with. 
and it is fun just to get these old games and have a quick go and I can sit there for a few hours and just play away whereas these newer games I get bored quite quickly with them uh, but anyway please buy Joe Dowling's book The Outrunners available now on all the books sort of like online store things uh, Amazon Kindle store that sort of thing please if you're on the Amazon Prime or the Kindle whatever it's called where you subscribe it's available free so please just purchase that um, yeah and just send him an email saying great book amazing all about retro 1984 sort of time period with some arcade games thrown in go to our website which is oneupgaming.co.uk there you can find a lot of weekly news sections previews um, some features that we've been writing up about reviews of new games old games all that kind of goodness you can buy t-shirts like this from the website and you just go to the website and go to online store I think it is and you can also get the Anbenek RG35XX from the store it's just a picture of it, you click on it and it takes you straight to the Anbenek store please, it's an amazing little device all good, all gravy and we'll go into the games we've been playing after of course our sponsor which is Games Inspired Music, I blanked there, I had to read what the hell it was. It's an album, 20 odd bits of music on there, some songs, some just bits of music. And 20% of each sale will go to the Child's Play charity. With this you can either um, sort of like stream it, buy it, it's cheap, and as I say, money goes to charity. The other thing that we've got is our first 100 podcasts available on this little cassette tape which is a USB stick in a built into a cassette tape and with this one pound of each sale will go to the Diabetes UK charity now I don't even see that but I am diabetic I have a little sensor on my thing on my thing on my arm so it can tell me what my blood sugars are doing at that given time much easier to manage it's been a great help if any of you people are diabetic please seek one of these little sensors out go to your GP they're amazing it really help trying to find out what foods make you spike what what foods don't help and all that kind of stuff really good stuff so we'll be back after this couple of seconds with the games we're playing this week Hi, I'm Lucy James, and I listen to the One Up Gaming podcast. Hello, Andy. This is Colin. I won't be able to get in tonight. No, 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 no. I'm sweating like a pig. I'm sweating like a pig. And this is the One Up Gaming podcast, episode 364, with me, David. And this is the games we've been playing this week. So, first of all, Legend Ball. Now, I've never heard of this. I got sent a code to do previews and bits and bobs, and I've played it. Um, I guess the easiest way to say what this is, imagine the graphical style of a sensible soccer, so really small pixelated characters, don't get me wrong, it's not like 8x8 pixels anymore, it's like really highly detailed sprite based pixel work, looks gorgeous and it is a bit more violent, a bit more gruesome, it, I was going to say rugby but it's not, it's American football. It looks good, it plays good. I really enjoyed everything about it. The one thing I didn't like was when you're trying to kick a field goal, the meter was a bit weird and I couldn't quite get the hang of it. 
Uh, I guess that's another thing that I'll have to put more time into and have a go at. But I loved the graphical style, the gameplay was good, it played well, it looked nice. So, Legend Ball, give it a go. I believe it's available now to buy. It's quite cheap, it's a nice little game. Next up is Darkest Dungeon. Now this one I'd never heard of, but my mate at work uh, advised me to play it. So I downloaded it, it's on the Xbox Game Pass thing. So I downloaded it, gave it a quick go. It's very minimalist in the graphical style. Very sort of hand-drawn 2D sprites that you, that you are and you talk to other people. When you're within the game, it is little tiny squares and you have to try and get to the exit and then there's people that attack you. Then it's just like turn-based strategy sort of stuff. It's bloody hard, but once you get it, it is an amazing little game. It really is fun. It's one more go-ish. It's just trying to beat the next level. It's great. I loved what I played. There's Darkest Dungeon 2, which is either out or coming out soon. So you might want to just hold fire, and unless it's a couple of quid. But you might as well wait for the sequel and see how that one does in the reviews. Because if it's anything like this one, it'll be a proper little indie darling and it'll be a good game to buy. So the next game that we played this week is called Echo Blade. Now this one, imagine Daredevil the game but set in the ye olde times with swords and axes and things like that. You are a prisoner that is blind that the guard says, haha, you'll never get out of here, I'll even open the door for you. And when you walk, you make noise, and it's like an, is it an echolocation sort of thing? Where every time there's noise made, you can see a small field of the black and white world. Whenever there's an enemy walking along, you can see where they're walking with the footsteps on the floor. It's got an amazing sort of art style. It's very minimalist, it's very much uh, amazing that you can actually play this game and get anywhere in it because when there's no sound, there is nothing, it's just a black screen. When enemies hit you, the screen flashes red. When traps go off in the background, it flashes red so you know there's something there. And when you attack or when you jump, you create a bigger noise and it creates like a bigger field of view of where you are and what's happening. But that also attracts more guards and more people to your location. It's a very much like a Souls-like sort of game. Attack, dodge, move. But with it being a budget game, it doesn't have the flow and feel of a Souls sort of game. But with the novelty of the view that you are faced with, I believe it's in a, a really good little game. And if you like hard to play sort of games, hard to master. I would recommend Echo Blade. It's a good game and it's available for like PS5, Xbox and all that kind of stuff. The next game, which I'm not going to talk about much, is Wobble Dogs. And now, <laughs> Wobble Dogs is a game I got sent to review. I've reviewed it. It's like a little kindergarten crash thing but with dogs 
but they're not dogs, they're like cubes and weirdness and you can breed these dogs, get different shapes and different patterns and you feed them, you train them, you get them to roll over, you get them to like you, all that kind of stuff. It's bonkers, absolutely bonkers. Just take a look at the trailer. Graphics are very bright, very colourful, but also very minimalist. I guess this is the, we should call this the, the minimalist podcast, because every game that I've played so far has a very minimalist sort of style of game, which, meh, I guess that's where I was going this week. I must have bought a load of games on sale, and that's where all my budget went this week. The, but yeah, Wobble Dogs, I, I wouldn't recommend it. It's It's not fun fun, it's just something to do. But then again, I don't like Animal Crossing. I didn't like um, a lot of the other pet sim breeding games that are out of it that are available. Uh, I just find them very annoying and very simple. But next up, Koa and the Five Pirates of Mara. Now this one is a 3D platform sort of game, more of a top-downy view sort of game, and. It's very much a kiddies sort of game, kind of like a, Z- a Zelda-ish. Where you go around and get coins and get like, things. You have to then explore the world in a boat, and you get more pieces of the map to unlock more of the world. It was adequate, but for me, I got bored really quickly. The combat, the mechanic, the movements just didn't feel tight enough for me. And I would recommend, if you've got young kids, 5 to 10, then they might get enjoyment out of the little pirate, the little cartoon. I don't know if this is based on a cartoon series, because it had like a lot of animation at the beginning. I guess it might be, but I don't know. It's the wrong age bracket for me to know what the hell's going on. But it's an adequate game if they are into that franchise, if it is a franchise. Yeah. Next up, Off-Road Racing Boogie. Cross ATV Cross Moto. Now this is another one of those games like the ATV, um, like was it the ATV Live or whatever the hell it was called, MX Live or whatever, where you actually can have a four-wheeled buggy car thing driving around, an ATV bike driving around, or a proper motorbike. It's very very budget and looks ropey as hell, and it's not the best, but as a really really cheap budget game it plays okay it looks okay it just doesn't have the detailed graphics it looks like a ps2 game upshined so like very flashy headed polygon look to the game world very bold colors very vibrant and yeah if it's a few quid it's probably all right if not the last game that i played this week orbit industries This is one of the only games in a very, very long time, even reading the instructions and it talking me through the the opening level of the game, I got stuck and could not get past the training level of the game. It was absolutely crazy how hard, how random you have to go to certain menus, certain levels, certain it's all drop down boxes like scroll wheels and all this and it was saying go to that screen, go to that screen, go to here, do that, go here, do that 
I could not work this bloody game out. It's, I'd have a guess, similar to a strategy sort of game, building spaceships and things, but I got stuck and I just couldn't play it. So if you are brainy, and when I say brainy, I mean more than a fish, because I am a stupid person, I could not play this. You might get a better look out of it. Look at the trailer, see if it's something that you fancy. Uh, that's the games being played this week, but as always, we have the UK Top 40s video on Monday, we have the Boost Road video on a Tuesday, we have the Witch's Best videos on a Wednesday, we have the Retro Thursdays, we have the podcast on every Friday, and the games played this week on a Saturday, and the weekly news on a Sunday. So that's what we've been doing this week, so thank you for watching, we'll be back with the this week's news. Hi, my name is Justin. I'm the developer of Pur Rocket, an iOS space game with cats. And I listen to the One-Off Gaming Podcast. You can find a link to download my game at facebook.com slash purrocket. David here, One Up Gaming, episode 364, and this is this week's news. So, guess we'll go straight into it. Um, I don't know what to say. Uh, I don't know. I guess we'll just go straight into this week's news then. So, first of all, what am I doing? I'm trying to record this, there we go. So, first of all, the news is. Nintendo confirms the original Mario voice actor, Charles Martinet, is stepping back from recording. So, he's been the voice of the plumber since 1991. So, I guess he will be getting really old now. So, he's been playing the character since 1991. He'll be stepping back from recording character voices for our games. He will now serve as a Mario ambassador. Uh, Nintendo shared the news on Twitter slash X saying fans can also expect a special video message from Shigeru Miyamoto and Martinet to arrive at a later date. Uh, so he was the voice of the original Mario for Nintendo games for a long time, as far back as Super Mario 64. Charles is now moving into a new role for of a Mario ambassador with this transli trans trans transition can't speak. He will be stepping back from the recording duties. He'll continue to travel the world, sharing the joy of Mario and interacting with you all. It's been an honour working with Charles to help bring Mario to life for so many years and we want to thank and celebrate him. Please keep an eye out for a special video message, blah 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 blah. Uh, Martinet quoted, quote, tweeted Nintendo's, Martinet quote, tweeted Nintendo's post saying, Oh God, my new adventure begins. You are all number one in my heart. Wahoo, wahoo! I don't know. So he got the job for Mario as a, as he went to an audition at a trade show where he'd like to talk to people as a plumber. He obviously won the job. The first voiced Mario at trade shows for a three D version of the character that was meant to be able to converse with attendees. His first video game appearance was in Mario. Was in 1984's Mario teaches typing 
but many come to know and love him in 1960, 1960s Super Mario 64. He would continue to not only voice Mario for Nintendo, but also Luigi Wario, Waluigi, Metal Mario, Shadow Mario, Baby Mario and more. So basically anything to do with Nintendo and Mario stuff. Back in 2021, uh, Martin said he wants to voice Mario until I drop dead. While that dream appears to be over, it's reassuring to know that he will still be spreading joy and happiness across the world with that iconic voice. Um, what do you guys think about that? Do you think Nintendo have pushed him because he's getting too old? Or do you think that Nintendo just want to get... Um, I've completely blanked on it. The guy from the movie to do his voice. Chris... Is it Chris? No, it's not... Um, I don't know. I have blanked on names and I do apologise. So because of that, we will go into the next bit of news. And that, my friends, is... Starfield leaked start screen discourse addressed by Bethesda's head of publishing. Um... Heinz brands the comments as highly unprofessional coming from another dev. dev. Bethesda head of publishing Pete Heinz has spoken out in the response to remarks made by ex-Blizzard developer Mark Kern, who had previously leaked an image of Starfield's start screen and criticised its designers hasty or the work of a team that didn't care. Uh, Start screen can reveal a lot about how rushed a team was and how much pride they took in their work. Starfield's start screen either shows hasty shipping deadlines or a passionate team overload, overworked, or a team that didn't care. Kern went on to note in a subsequent tweet that, in his experience, such screens are created at the very end of development and that it is common for start screens to change from their pre-launch state prior to full release. It's quite common for the screen so, having an opinion is one thing, continued the Bethesda veteran, questioning out a developer's care because you have, you would have done it different is highly unprofessional coming from another dev. Numerous Twitter users were quick to defend the leaked start screen by highlighting examples of successful titles that boast similarly clean designs for their start screens, including the critically acclaimed Bethesda titles Fallout 4 and Elder Scrolls 6, no, Elder Scrolls 5. Um, I don't see the problem. I don't know. Um, just going through a lot of these start screens you can see on here. Uh, preload stuff, blah, 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 all that. So... Do you guys care about this bloody Starfield start screen? As long as the game works and it plays well and it all runs as advertised, I couldn't give a monkey's what the hell the start screen looks like. As long as you can start, save and load, it's fine by me. But anyway, we'll move to the next bit of news. And that is NHL 24 gets a release date, cover athlete in its official reveal. Um, NHL 24... Uh, we'll skate onto PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X and S and the Xbox One on October 6th, 2023. Colorado Avalanche superstar defenseman Kale Macker, I have no idea that is, I do apologise, will be serving as the NHL 24's cover athlete 
and one of the biggest selling points of this year's game is the brand new exhaust engine. This new engine which is powered by Frostbite aims to let players experience concentrated moments of intensity that hockey, hockey is, supposed to be, hockey is known for. To help make that come true the exhaust engine includes the sustained pressure system and the goalie fatigue system. The first one rewards offensive players who are playing aggressively in the attack zone and sets up some truly big players. It does so by lowering your opponent's attributes temporarily and creating more space and movements for you to play in. And I think it's just... They don't have a clue. They haven't added anything new to it. I bet, I bet it'll come out and it'll be as good as last year's one. Nothing improved, in my opinion. But we'll see what we, we will see what happens. Um, do you guys like the NHL series? Um, I love the fact that was it last year or the year before they did the NHL '94, where it came with it, which was pretty cool. Um, but other than that, I'm not bothered about the NHL series. So next up, Call of Duty Dev David Vonderhaar. I apologise if that's not how you say your name. To leave Treyarch after 18 years and 8 games. Uh, he began his career with Treyarch from Call of Duty 2, Big Red 1, through to Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Uh, Von der Haar, who has been with the company since October 2004. He took to LinkedIn to share the news and thank those who have been part of his journey at Treyarch. Today I am sharing that I have left Activision and Treyarch after an incredible 18 years in 8 Call of Duty games. Von Haar wrote, To my co-workers at Treyarch, I am immensely grateful for the time we invested working to improve our craft, never sitting on success and always wondering how to improve what we design and how to produce it. Uh, thank you to the Call of Duty community for your passion, your enthusiasm. That energy has often fueled our determination as a studio and individuals. I will always be grateful for the opportunity to interact with so many of you directly online and in person. This energy will always be a massive part of me. I am studying in the I am I am staying studying. I am staying in the games industry, working on an undisclosed project I can't discuss yet. Yes, yeah, undisclosed. But I am excited about a rare and unique opportunity. I'll update you soon as possible. Uh, Treyarch celebrated Von der Haar on Twitter, thanking him and wishing him all the best for whatever next. Um, yeah, it's amazing. It's weird seeing some of these developers being at a company so long. Because like, nowadays, really, they're there for a few months, few years. The company gets shut down and they get moved on to a new sort of team. But... Have you guys enjoyed any of his games? Do you like Call of Duty? I'm not a massive fan. I like playing it, but I'm not a massive fan. So we'll go to the next bit of news. Just leave comments. Overwatch 2 director responds to Steam review bombing. So Aaron Keller has taken the time out to not only respond to the t game's unfortunate review bombing on Steam, but also to reassure fans that how much content is waiting for them. For those unfamiliar, Overwatch 2 launched on Steam on August 10th and quickly became the worst user-reviewed game on the platform ever. As of the time of our story, Overwatch 2 had a score of just 0.96% based on an approval rating of 10% from 92,000 votes. On Blizzard.com, Keller, yep, 
Keller addressed the review bombing in stride. While he admits it's not fun to have your game to be the target of these online attacks, the joy is seeing new players join the game far outweighs it. We also launched on Steam last week, and although being review bombed isn't fun experience, it's been great to see a lot of new players jump into Overwatch 2 for the first time. Our goal with Overwatch 2 has been to make the game more accessible than ever for more people to enjoy than before. Um, have you guys been review bombing this, or is this news to you? I'm not a big fan of a lot of these um, like first-person um, seasonal games that come out uh, are just like a game that you buy, you play through, and you just delete it off your hard drive. But yeah, leave comments. Let us know. Do you guys have you been review bombing this game? Um, it'll be nice to know what you guys think. Anyway, how a rookie who played his first match in December almost won the Pokemon World Championships. I didn't even know the World Championships were still a thing. I thought it was a uh, summit from like 2000 where people used to throw shit at each other. Look it up, it's quite funny. Uh, Spain, bad people. Um, in 2023, Pokemon World Championships concluded last weekend with Japan's Shihiro Kimura defeating Michael Kelesh in the grand finals. Lost in the drama of the win was just how amazing it was that Kelesh made it in, made it in the first place. While Kimura has completed, competed and found success in official tournaments since 2017, Kilesh is a relative newcomer to the scene. Doubles is the official format for the video game championships, but Kilesh only played his first doubles format game this past winter, mere weeks before the Liverpool Regional Championships at the end of January 2023. I had never touched doubles, so it was completely new to me this year. I have no idea what doubles is. He's not a complete rookie despite the recent beginnings of his competitive Pokemon journey. Kelesh has been playing in the singles format in Smoggins Simulator. I have no idea what any of this means. Pokemon Showdown since 2016. That's not that new really. He's also been watching competitive Pokemon for the last five years. Uh, actually playing and competing though is relatively recent development. I've always had a dream to be a world champion so I wanted to go to the different events. But I couldn't really afford it myself, so I needed to wait and wait and wait. This year, I barely had enough money to go to all these events, and now I'm here. Um, so yeah, uh, are you guys happy to see this guy, or like me? I don't know. How how do you play? Is it the Pokemon? Is it like on a, the cards? Do you play the cards, or is it like a just Pokemon on a Nintendo DS sort of thing where you just play the game competitively? I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to... Well, I say I'll have to watch it, but I'm not going to watch it. It's not my thing. Um, but we will just have a quick... Go a new bit of news, and that is... Delta Force Return teased. Full reveal at the Gamescom opening night. And basically, developer TIMI Studio Group has teased the return of Delta Force... The classic voxel-based military first-person shooter that de debuted, debut, yeah, it made its first appearance on PC a quarter of a century ago. Uh, the new game will be a cross-platform effort spanning PC, consoles, and mobile. More will be revealed at the proper unveiling next week at Gamescom opening night live. Large-scale multiplayer is a big part of the original game, and that appears to be the case in the new version. 
as you can see in the gameplay teaser trailer above we asked the development team a few questions and learned what we could yeah yeah so is this going to be like another 100 players like 50v50 or something like that guess we'll have to have a, a quick look uh, even large scale pvv previous yeah we'll we'll have a look we'll have a look i think i've got a Delta force game for the playstation i might have to play that see how that holds up because it might have been crap to start with so you know, <laughs> I don't know. Are you guys excited for a new um, multiplayer-focused uh, first-person shooter game? Uh, let us know in the comments. Um, weird bit of news, this one, but the nun actress claims Warner Bros. is hiding how much they've made off her likeness in a new lawsuit. Uh, if you've heard of The Nun, one of the horror movies within Warner Brothers' Conjuring, Conjuring universe... You've been you've seen Bonnie Aaron's face as the titular titular demon entity. Aaron's is all over every bit of marketing for the film and its upcoming sequel. But now the actress is claiming that Warner Brothers is hiding how much they've made off her likeness in order to short her on her profits, and is suing the studio for it. The lawsuit, which was first reported by THR Today, names Warner Brothers, New Line Cinema and Scope Productions LLC for breach of contract, breach of the covenant of good faith and fair dealing and accounting. It claims that they explore, exploited the talent, creativity and likeness of Bonnie Aarons to enormous financial success and hasn't properly compensated her in accordance with her contract. Yeah, I don't know. It's a weird one. It really is a weird, weird one. But I guess if they made a shit ton of money from her and the marketing, then yes, she should be compensated for the money that she is owed. Um, have you seen the Conjuring series? I've seen one of them. I thought it was really crap. I can't even remember which one it was. It was some sort of how I don't know. Anyway. The Flash gets a max streaming date and it isn't too far away. So The Flash will be speeding its way to max on August 25th, 2023. Uh, max shared the news on Twitter with a very short message that said, Worlds Collide, The Flash will be streaming on August 25th on max. Um, not going to go right into it, but I think that The Flash was a hell of a lot better than it got reviewed. It was fun, it was fruity, it was weird. I, I loved it, I loved all the little references, loved all the little sneaky cameo bits. I thought it was really, really well done. Let me know what you guys thought of The Flash in the comments. And please, don't say shitty things. Keep it nice, keep it polite. Um, I do understand that the lead actor for The Flash seems like a bit of a dick. But let's just keep it nice in the comments, alright? Please. So the next bit of news that we have got is Blue Beetle takes down Barbie with a not so super 25.4 million weekend box office victory. Uh, Barbie's four week streak atop the domestic box office has come to an end as DC's Blue Beetle has claimed the top spot. Unfortunately it did so with not super ticket sales of 25.4 million in North America. As reported by Comscore, Blue Beetle brought in another 18 million overseas for the worldwide total of 43.4 million in 64 markets. Blue Beetle's domestic opening was weaker than the Suicide Squad's 26.2, showing 
Shazam Fury of the Gods, which was crap, 30.1 million, and Birds of Prey, which was also pretty rubbish, 33 million. It surpassed Wonder Woman's uh, 1984's 16.7 million, which that was crap, but that film was released during the COVID-19 pandemic and was also available on HBO Max on launch day. In our Blue Beetle review, he we said, oh, I'm not going to read into it, it seems a good little movie. Um, I, I would expect it to have knocked Barbie off because this was like a big name movie to come out and Barbie's been at the top for a few weeks now and it can't keep getting the same people going to see it every week. But what do you guys think? Are you excited to see Blue Beetle? I've never heard of the Blue Beetle. It looks like a... Is it Giver? Was it the Giver? Where it was like a... A movie from the early 90s where he turns into like a, a combat metal suit thing. I think that was a like Japanese. But anyway, we'll go into the next bit of news. And this one is just a little bit of fan service, fan fiction y sort of stuff. And that is Taika Waiti. Oh god, I'm so sorry, that's pronouncing the name just disaster. Uh, discusses what a potential Thor 5 would need to have. Thor Ragnarok and Thor Love and War, Th- Love and Thunder director, has shared a few thoughts on what he thinks the potential Thor 5 would need, and one of those things is a villain stronger than Hela. As reported by Screen Rant, uh, uh, Watiti has interviewed for Titans upcoming Thor Love and Thunder, the official movie sp- special book, in a few words of I have no idea what the flip's going on. While the book won't be released until September 19th, one of his quotes should excite those... Blah, blah, blah. What's, what is left to... What is left to do to him? It's got to be something that feels like it's carrying on with the evolution of the character, but still in a very fun way and still giving him things to come up against. That feels like they're building on the obstacles that he has come... That he has overcome. I don't think we can have a villain that's weaker than Hela. I feel like we need to step up from there and add a villain that's somehow more formidable. Uh, I don't know. I think um, Thor Ragnarok was one of the best Marvel movies I've seen. Thor Love and Thunder was watchable. It wasn't the best. It wasn't great. It was just a fun little movie. What do you guys think of that? Please, please leave comments in the comment section. I don't know. But that's the news for this. So we'll have a quick break. Thank you for watching. And we'll be back with the UK Top 40. Back in a few. Hi, I'm Matt Cap, the lead artist on uh, Binding of Isaac Rebirth and the creator of Castle in Darkness. And I listen to the One Up podcast. So thanks for the sponsored message. Please do what he said. David here, One Up Gaming, episode 364 of the One Up Gaming podcast. Going to go into this week's UK top 40s. So we'll go straight into it. And that is number 40, Dark Souls Trilogy by Bandai Namco. Uh, 39 is Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach. Number 38 is Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. By Nintendo, but it says Activision here. 
Number 37 is Pokemon Scarlet by Nintendo. Number 36 is Crash Bandicoot Ensign Trilogy by Activision. 35 is The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt Game of the Year Edition by Bandai Namco. Number 34 is WWE 2K23 by Take Two. Number 33 is The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt Complete Edition by Bandai Namco. 32 is Star Wars Jedi Survivor by Electronic Arts. Number 31, Mario plus Rabid, Rabid's Kingdom Battle by Ubisoft. Number 30 is Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury by Nintendo. Number 29 is Sonic Origins Plus by Nintendo. 28 is Mario Party Superstars by Nintendo. Number 27 is Lego Harry Potter Collection by Warner Brothers. 26 is New Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe by Nintendo. 25 is Resident Evil 4 by Capcom. 24 is Super Mario Odyssey by Nintendo. 23 is Ni no by Grand Theft Auto The Trilogy The Definitive Edition by Take Two. 22 is Atlas Fallen. 21 is Pokemon Violet. 20 is Diablo 4. I'm not saying who the publishers are now, I can't be bothered. Number 19 is Saints Row. Number 18 is Forspoken. Number 17 is Animal Crossing New Horizons. Number 16 is Red Dead Redemption 2. Number 15 is Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Number 14 is God of War Ragnarok. Number 13 is Street Fighter 6. Number 12 is Nintendo Switch Sports. Number 11, Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales. So, the top 10. Number 10, Gran Turismo 7 by Sony. Number 9, Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate by Warner Brothers. Number 8, Pokemon 4. No, it's not. It's Pikmin 4. Pokemon? Pikmin 4 by Nintendo. Number 7 is Minecraft by Nintendo. Which is weird, because they must have a publishing deal on the Switch. Number 6 is Hogwarts Legacy by Warner Brothers. Number 5 is Grand Theft Auto 5 by Take-Two. Number 4 is The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom by Nintendo. Number 3 is America 8 Deluxe by Nintendo. Number 2, FIFA 23 by Electronic Arts. And at number 1 is Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga at number 2. So that, my friends, is the top 40 charts. Thank you to Games Press and the GFK Entertainment Software Charts, all formats. So that has been me, David, 1UP Gaming, with the charts. So, yeah. Please, subscribe to us. Leave comments saying t-shirt for a t-shirt. Leave comments for Evercade for an... Is it Evercade? I've yeah, Evercade. I keep getting confused with Evercade and Everdrive. Evercade for the, um, the game... So, yeah, thank you all for watching, David. So, go to our website, oneupgaming.co.uk, uh, for a chance to buy one of these lovely Boosterod t-shirts. You can also buy other stuff, hats, mugs, cups, pillows, everything like that. Uh, on the website, we have reviews, previews, uh, features, news, all that good stuff. So, go to our Patreon site, which is patreon.com slash O-U-G. Um... We have our Etsy store, which is just one up gaming, all one word, for a chance to go onto the store, look at all the stuff we sell. Please helps um, us to buy new equipment. I've got all these lights on in on me, and I'm sweating like hell because it's so warm. Um, 
the Games Inspired Music album is available. You can buy it, you can stream it, and 20% of each sale will go to the Child's Play charity. The audiobooks on tape.com go there for our first 100 podcasts, and £1 of each sale will go to the Diabetes UK. Uh, we're on Facebook, just search One Up Gaming. It's the white background with the logo with our faces. Uh, we're on YouTube, so hopefully you're watching this, just hit subscribe. Um, subscribe, bell, like, share, that stuff, all good stuff, all helps us. We're on Twitch, which is twitch.tv slash official. We're on Twitter, which is at official. And you can email us any questions at contact at oneupgaming.co.uk. If you are listening to this through iTunes, then please subscribe and leave positive comments and stars, five stars, that kind of stuff really helps when people are searching for podcasts to listen to. So that, my friends, is episode 364 of the World Game Podcast. Me, David. Thank you. Goodbye. Contain. Can't take my power. You can't take my power.
I'm believing if I battle you, it won't be even. I might just be the reason they bringing out a legion. Now they've surrounded me, it's ready for whatever season. I left some saying how he disappeared in front of me. The rest of them were laying, only playing games of hide and seek. And lyrically, I'm spraying hater rake, cause they keep bugging me, keep running, hiding, ducking out. Cause music, I'm bugging now. Can't take my power, will too strong, I will devour every obstacle they throw at me, get stronger by the hour. And I won't cower, and I won't cower, no it takes a little sour, as you watch me walk in victory, cause you can't take my, you can't take my power. You can't take my power, take my, you can't take my, you can't take my power, 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 you can't take my power, take my, 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 you can't take my yeah, this gonna be the anthem right there. You can't take my power. Ain't gonna never be like you, homie. I'm gonna be me, individual. That's right.